I don't know how we're going to open this up because we don't we don't have any opening music. Oh, maybe just um, pick one of our favorites, like uh, twelve o'clock high music or something like that, or the one from the Gunfighter. That's great. Oh yeah, okay. <clears throat> it'll get everybody's attention. Or maybe I could use the one from Stagecoach. Our oh, first, our that's, first that's even better. Yeah, let's do that. Well, that was the opening music to our very first podcast movie review, uh, Stagecoach. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews. And you can find us on iTunes, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And in Facebook, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And on the internet, just go to www.classicmoviereviews.net. And I'm Matt Johnson, recording from sunny North Bend today. And I'm uh, Bob Johnson, recording here in Los Angeles, and welcoming you all back to our 100th Classic Movie Reviews podcast. Uh, So we've been at this now for a couple years, and we have a growing audience. And uh, I was going to mention that I've been sending or giving out uh, some of those cards that Nancy printed up for Classic Movie Reviews. Uh, everybody at lunch yesterday got one, and they're required to listen. <laughs> that, that, yeah, <laughs> really? otherwise, otherwise they, they have to buy all the meals. Oh, they're going to report back to you. <laughs> let you know yeah, I've been getting listen. some feedback from people that have been listening. Yeah, and it's all—I <laughs> only want to get positive reviews, so that's how it's working. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so uh, we're 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 on our one hundredth, and we thought what we would do today is a little different, kind of go off script and uh, talk about the movies that we've reviewed over the last two and a half, three years, the first 99. Um, and as usual, Matt, <clears throat> I've done some statistics on the on the yes. uh, movies that we've done. Uh, I came up with uh, nine, nine categories of movies. And we've done about a third of the movies over that time that are dramas. Everything from mysteries, murders, uh, Ms. Marple, you name it. I grouped a lot into that. And that's 32% of our, of our podcasts. Science fiction has been 22%. Musicals and westerns just about 13% each. And then we've got a group of comedies, romance, animation, military that's uh, under ten percent. So we've we've under underserved those four communi- uh, communities. Yeah, uh, underserved those four uh, areas, genres, and then we have one that was an interview where we uh, reviewed a book. Right. So we've been we've been good about uh, kind of covering all the waterfronts, and maybe uh, we've talked about what we need to do in the next year is become more diverse in the types of movies and the uh, backgrounds of the people that are in the movies to get a more diverse distribution than what we've had. And the other interesting thing is my uh, 
my fondness for Gregory Peck comes through because we've done several of his movies, and I keep coming up with more that we should include. So I have to dial <laughs> that back a little bit. Not much. I don't. Well, we could we, <laughs> we could do a we could do a marathon of some Gregory Peck movies at some. Oh point. Uh, no, that I like to hear that. Let's see, I've I've got six right here on. Let's see, let me go through. No, I'm. <laughs> I think I, I I used to say that my favorite actors, male actors, were. Humphrey Bogart and John Wayne, but evidence would prove otherwise as I look at all the Gregory Peck movies that we've reviewed. So, And I think we need to maybe bring in more women, more movies with leading uh, women, which are there. There's a lot of them. Well, and I agree, and then more movies uh, that star people of color. And... I forwarded you an article that was written up of, I think it was the top 20 uh, classic movies that are starring uh, people of color. And, and I think we picked about four of those that we we're going to yes, review. Yes, we did. So we're, we're, uh, we've done a self-performance evaluation and feel that we, have, we can do better with uh, some of the areas that we, uh, we've under, underrepresented. But anyway, it's been a fun time. Uh, uh, I thought maybe I'd toss it back to you and maybe you could talk a little bit about why we started the podcast to begin with. Because it was originally your idea. Yeah, for sure. I was. I looked at uh, our first episode was published on February 12th, 2014. Oh so it's gosh. been over three years that we've been doing this. Time flies, doesn't it? And Yeah. Oh, actually... It's been four years since we've been doing this, if I could do my math right. Oh, that's wow. right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And who said we don't know numbers? Uh, I'm going to pause and go get more coffee. Um, but yeah, it was right around the time, right after you had moved to Los Angeles, or you were just in the process of moving to Los Angeles, and you had lived in North Bend for years uh, leading up to that move, and we had seen each other like not every day, but several times a week we would get together. And so it was, I was just anticipating it was going to be hard when you moved uh, to not be seeing you as much. So I thought, well, why don't we talk on FaceTime and we could talk about old movies because we both really like old movies. The thing I didn't realize at the time was that I actually like old movies a lot more than I thought I did. (laughs) And I've grown to love them more than I even loved them before. Yeah, so there's been a lot of uh, movies that I would have never watched um, that we ended up watching. And some of them probably would have been fine if I'd never seen those. But then others, I'm super happy that I actually got to see those uh, films. So it's been an education for me as well. It was a pleasure to just see those and then have you to talk uh, about them with you know i have a i have a really favorite memory of living in north bend we were maybe a mile and a half uh, apart uh, in my, my place and I, I remember there would be a few times where you'd call me in the morning and say dad i've got too many things going on can you come up in 20 minutes and take one of the grandkids to school and i loved that because i could just hop in the car and <laughs> and do that or likewise take one of the grandkids someplace where they were going after school or on the weekend and now they're all driving except for one 
So uh, that would not yeah. be happening <laughs> so much. Shelby told me. Shelby told me her, one of her favorite memories is when you would come over and help with breakfast. You gave them like eight pieces of bacon each. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Yes. Uh, my biggest disappointment, though, was when I made my favorite homemade macaroni and cheese, and all the grandkids were there and three of their friends, and they didn't like it as well as Kraft macaroni and cheese. I was, I was crushed. However. I took all that was left back home and ate it all myself. So were, <laughs> there's a there was a rainbow at the end of that. So it's, t- it's tough to beat Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I tell you, I found that out the hard way because I worked on this other. My goodness, it must have been for an hour and a half, and they all sat down. And they said, "Whoa, really? Thanks, but no <laughs> thanks." <Really? laughs> oh gosh, well, there are a lot of good memories. Well. Yeah, the another thing that I wanted to mention about the podcast is that we always um, try to keep it positive and respectful of the films. And I know that we had talked about that when we got started. Um, there's a few other podcasts that that review classic movies, but they tend to be um, maybe I don't know. They, they just take a different tone with it. And I've always thought that. Time separates us from when these movies were new, but they they can just if you've never seen them before, they're going to be new to you. So it's like, why not approach it as if it's a new experience, it's a learning experience, and and there's something that you can take away from it. I couldn't agree with that more. I know. Um, I had a note here that we we've always tried to be respectful of the time, energy, resources, and human commitment that went into all of these movies. Even the ones that later in the podcast today we may say weren't our favorites, but somebody invested a lot of time in it. And uh, you're right about some of the other uh, uh, Internet uh, sites that kind of like to make fun of this. And I guess we've only had a couple of comments, if that, where we maybe a, a listener or two have said, well, maybe we're too nice. I'd rather have that than to be... Uh, you know, the other way. So I think that's been a big plus for me. Yeah, but at the same time, there's been a few few movies that were really hard to watch just because of how they treated women. <laughs> oh, or no kidding. And I know it's, oh gosh, it's tough because you want to say, well, that, that was just the way it was at the time. But given where we are now today, it's, it's, it's pretty painful to watch some of those movies where women are either non-existent or put into a role where they're basically just you know serving coffee or something like that there's the same tone and tenor in the many of the, most of the movies in the 1930s and 40s and even up into the 50s and later toward uh, people of color or people that were of different beliefs or views than those that uh, that were the mainstream one of the reasons, you know. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I, I, at the same time, I think we've we've missed quite a few of those movies that were probably on the spectrum of really like terrible yeah. treatment of of people of color or people of different uh, backgrounds. Uh, just through the selection of the movies that we've chosen, um, I think if if we widened that out and picked a few others, we might get oh. a different. Uh, view, and, you know. and that would not be a difficult thing to do, given the time that they were made and the time they were made. So, so for me, it's been it's been a wonderful way to spend 
really hundreds of hours talking to you on FaceTime, finding out how the family's doing, how we're doing here. It, you know, it gives us a chance to stay connected so we don't keep putting it off and putting it off, and then we only see one another or visit one another two or three times a year. That's been great. Yeah, because what, what, what doesn't make it into the podcast is sometimes you and I will talk for another half an hour know, yeah. <laughs> after after we're done recording. And so I'll, I'll put some of that into like the after show once in a while if it's uh, funny or related to films. But, um, yeah, it's nice to be able to just have that time. I was, go- was going to say also that uh, we had Haley – join us for our Esther Williams podcast review, and I really love that. And I I hope that Haley and, and the other grandkids and anyone else that wants to join us could, could be a member of the the crew for that particular podcast or for many of them. I think it added a lot of value and a different perspective than we might have had otherwise. Yeah, but I think that was Miss Marple, right? It was Murder at the Gallery. Oh, is that what? Oh, you're right. I'm I know what it was. I was trying to get someone else that we know to be a podcast participant for Esther Williams. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't work. Yeah, I'm still Not working happening. on that though. More to come. <laughs> stay okay, tuned. stay tuned. So, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get my significant other to be on the podcast anytime soon, or if ever. So, <laughs> um, don't hold your don't hold your breath on that. She's been very understanding um, though about all the hours we've done this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, well, I did want to. I did want to take a little uh, side trip uh, down podcasting lane and talk a little bit about our setup because we've learned a lot about how to record a podcast remotely. And if you go back and listen to um, podcasts one through ninety nine, you'll hear there's quite a variety of sound quality. Uh, present in various podcasts and I, I listened to the first few and it's not bad it's 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 definitely listenable I do think that in the last 10 episodes or so we've gotten a lot better and um, you know I don't want to spend a ton of time on it but we basically do this over a FaceTime call and we each have a, a nice microphone um, you have a blue Yeti and I have a blue snowball microphone we use this application called Audio Hijack, and I record on my end, and you record on your end, and then those two files go into Dropbox. And then I uh, combine those in a program called Audacity and edit them and put in the clips from the movies and all that. So it's that's kind of our setup, and it's working pretty well. What makes me jealous is our friend in San Diego, Dennis, who Nancy's known Dennis and Michelle for, geez, since college. He does weekly podcasts that are on radio stations in the Southern California area on business and financial news and, and updates. He has a complete soundproof studio in his basement. You go into that and it's like, Nothing you'd ever hear. You, know, you can't hear anything. It's like nothing I've ever seen except in a professional commercial studio. And I'm like, wow, now that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, contemplate, I've, I've contemplated buying like sound dampening uh, wall coverings and things like that. And I'm just oh. like, 
not quite there yet, but I might still pull the trigger on that. <laughs> He's got quite a setup. But then it's they're selling. I mean, it's a commercial business that they run. So, and and it's been very successful. He 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 came out of radio. He started as a disc jockey in uh, Los Angeles. Remember the old days. Remember remember that movie with uh, Harrison Ford, and they were driving around the town, and the guy was a disc. Oh, what was the name of that? Oh my goodness sakes. It was from the 70s. Uh, American, American, uh, American Graffiti. Uh, American Graffiti, yeah. Graffiti, yeah. American He's Graffiti, just like yeah. the, the disc jockey that was in the background of that film. You, you've met Dennis, so he has, <laughs> yeah, he has the really perfect nice. voice for radio. <laughs> he, really, he really does. So, well, should we talk? So what we wanted to spend the rest of the time on is talking about our three favorite movies and our three least favorite movies. And... Um, yeah, they're not exactly the same list. So, do you want to start with your three favorites? Well, I uh, I went through my list. I have a complete list of all ninety nine, and uh, six of those we did two episodes on those. So it's uh, I included those in looking at. It. I came up with seventeen that I thought were favorites, and then I thought well, that's not quite what we agreed to. So I cut it down to three, and my three are Double Indemnity from nineteen forty four. And I, I put that on there because of the mood, the murder plan that's gone bad, the deceit. But it's also a beautiful production and a beautifully told story. So Double Indemnity is my number one. How about you? We'll go back and forth. How'd that sound? Well, I didn't order them, but I'll tell you, I have. Uh, it was it was hard to come up with three. Um, so. My, these are the three that I probably think about the most. Just kind of randomly, it'll pop into my head. But the first one is The Innocence. Oh, with Deborah Carr. Yeah, that movie still freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? It's so well done. It's in black and white, too, so that adds to the yeah. allure. Yeah, I, I just think it's an awesome ghost story. It just, leaves your, it just leaves you thinking afterwards, too, like what was really going on in that house? Yeah. Was that from the 1960s? I don't have that complete list in front of me. Yeah, it was episode 22, and it was from 19, yeah, 1961. I remember watching it then, if that was the year when I was in college, or went to the actual film. And it is a, it's beautifully done because you, you, so much of it goes on in your imagination. That's a great pick. That was one of my 17, by the way. Well, uh, I'll come back to my second one was Gentleman's Agreement. I'm not so sure that these are in order of my most love to the next most love, but I basically did it by year. I arranged it by year. The second one is Gentleman's Agreement from 1947. Gregory Peck. Who knew? And John Garfield and a cast of really quality people. And I, I, I pick it because it, it deals directly and head-on with anti-Semitism. And again, it's an excellent production and, and a beautiful story with a significant message. It's interesting, both of your films that you've chosen have been two-parters because we could not stop talking about those two movies. I'm um, probably guilty on that one. No, it was great. <laughs> I remember um, when we first got started, we had this idea that we would go through the movies like scene by scene and... If you listen to the double indemnity episode, it's episode three and four. It's like we literally 
go through that movie scene by scene. And it's funny because I found a new podcast, and I guess this is kind of a genre of podcasting, where they'll go through a movie minute by minute. And there's one, it's the Indiana Jones movies, and they, they review the movie minute by minute. So each episode oh is, is, okay, minute number one, what happens in the first minute? What happens in the second minute? And uh, that's taking it to a little bit of a more of an extreme than what we did, but it was kind of fun to go through some of those movies scene by scene. Did we decide to move away from that sort of without really talking about it, maybe just to stay, try to get to a half-hour format? Well, and it was pretty time-intensive. Yeah. I think each of those episodes was an hour long, and uh, yeah, it's just a more out of practicality of time. On this one that does minute by minute, how long are their reviews? Oh, like 10 minutes. Seven to ten minutes. That's oh, pretty short. Okay. What was your next uh, selection for a favorite? Well, it's kind of in the same uh, realm. It's, it was No Way Out. Oh, Sidney Poitier. Yeah, that that movie. Wow, I just felt like that movie was so so uh, groundbreaking and could have been re- could be re released today with no changes and be just as powerful and relevant as it was when it was released everybody in that movie is excellent like Stephen mcnally i think plays the mentor to uh to uh, sydney poitier he was an excellent actor that never quite hit the uh, big the big time a-list movies or not that many of them anyway that's an excellent choice yeah that's episode number uh 87 what was well, your my third, third one? one was and here's a surprise Another Gregory Peck movie, 12 O'Clock High from 1949. And I picked it not so much because it's a military war movie, but because of the story it's telling about how management and leadership and charisma can influence an entire group of people. So it's very realistic. It has, again, huge production values. And I'll never forget the, the one scene where the actual B-17 with a stunt pilot is flowing through on crashes, and the guy actually did it for a $4,500 payment. And, and, and no, no, no blue screen on that baby, or green screen. That was green screen. That was, that was the real thing. But it's a wonderful story. I really like that. And, of course, it's Gregory Peck. I had to, I had to control myself so that all, four, all three of these weren't Gregory Peck. Who I, knew? I think- it's pretty pretty clear Gregory Peck is one of your favorite yes. actors. Yes, I... yeah. yeah, the next one, I had a toss-up between two, so I'm going to have a runner-up uh, fourth place. But uh, I'm going to say Virgin Spring was my number three. Oh, And that was the yes. one where I got really into this movie, and I wrote up like a, a essay on it and published it to you the did. website. And I was I rewatched that movie a couple weeks ago and reread what I wrote, and I, wow, I really, really liked that movie and just... Again, these are those three movies, The Innocence, No Way Out, and Virgin Spring, are movies that just kind of stuck with me, and, I, and I'll think about them. Just kind of pops into my head every once in a that while. That was an excellent choice. Well, what was your fourth? You had, a, you had an alternate. Uh, well, <laughs> Bride of Frankenstein. I love <laughs> that movie. You were fascinated by her hairdo. <laughs> well, and, and the special effects and, and the the set design and, and the guy that played uh, that other professor slash mad oh, scientist yes. that was creating those little people in jars. God, that's just so creepy. And and so well done for the, what was it, 1937 or 38, something like that? 
I still I still don't know how they did that one scene where they shook the one guy out of one jar into another. You know, yeah. it was like that was crazy good special effects and all done manually. So, all yeah, optical, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, though, well, we we have actually seven that we think are our favorites. Now we get to switch, and I'll throw the ball to you. What was your first in our least favorite movie category? I think we may be more in agreement on this one. Yeah, we're we're, we're more in agreement on this one. But I, I will say that one that you didn't have on your list that I really did not like was Beat the Devil. Oh, Humphrey Bogart. With, uh, <laughs> what was so bad about that though what were like, they doing well what was so bad about it was that i had all these expectations of like oh here's a humphrey bogart movie that's kind of a lost film and it's going to be so cool to see him in this movie that i've never heard about before and then we watched it i know we've talked about this a lot but we watched it and it was just so so bad <laughs> that's when I, I i had i did not even have that on my seven i had seven that were my least favorites i didn't include that one I still don't even know what that movie was about. Like, <laughs> well, mainly they all went someplace and had fun making it. Yeah, I think it was a way for them to go to the French Riviera or something. Yeah. So beat the devil. Well, my number uh, one least favorite, uh, head and shoulders above the others, was Plan Nine from Outer Space from 1959. Um, what can I say about this? It's so bad that when I watched it, it's actually hilariously funny. Uh, I had terrible special effects, poor script, poor acting, and poor direction. Now, see, I didn't even put that on my worst movie list because I laughed out loud at, <laughs> at that movie because I thought there's a reason why it's infamous, right? It's it's pretty entertaining. I, I thought for sure we'd be in agreement on that one. Well, we're in agreement. I didn't on the, put it on my list. We're, we're, agreement, <laughs> we're in agreement on the fact it's funny. Yeah, yeah it's definitely funny unintentionally. Hilarious. So what was your next uh, selection in this in this gallery of well, delight? this this one the, the next two the next two we agree on. Witness to Murder was just not a good movie. It was not well directed. The acting was subpar. Yeah, the, the storyline wasn't very good. It was just it, I don't know. I had a, another movie that I had great expectations for that just really let me down. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, Witness for Murder is on my list from 1954. My comment was it's an overly cooked dramatic. Yeah, so it, we agree on it's, that one. Just skip. Just skip that one. <laughs> yeah. um, so. And the next one, I, I almost feel bad that we even watched this movie or that we reviewed it because it was, it, this is the worst, this is way, way worse than Plan 9 from Outer Space, but it was Orgy of the Dead. Yes, that was on my list from 1965. I had the same comments on that one that I did on Plan 9 from Outer Space. However, it did not make me laugh. So maybe that puts no, it no. at the bottom of the... Uh, at, at the bottom of the rung of those so far seen, it was cr it was cr it was cringeworthy. I remember like watching that movie and fast forward because I couldn't stand to suffer through <laughs> those dance scenes. I mean the whole the whole plot of that movie is two people stumble into a graveyard, get tied up by some ghouls, and then are forced to watch terrible dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, you know, we, we, we agreed on two. Out of, did you have an alternate? I, I don't have any alternate on the on the least favorite. 
No, I didn't have any other. I, I could talk about more movies I liked, yeah, well, but uh, those were the three that I didn't the, like. The good news on this is that there are far fewer movies that we didn't like uh, than those that we have liked, so I guess that's good. Well, it says something about our <laughs> so ability to <laughs> pick some decent movies, I guess. And but, uh, just for our listeners' benefit, uh, we did our lists without talking to one another ahead of time, so... It was like the Funkin' Wagnall envelope on the porch kept a secret. <laughs> I have no idea what that reference oh, that, was, but that, okay. <laughs> they used to, they used, Johnny Funkle. Carson used to make fun of the envelope handing uh, at the Academy Awards, and he would say it was on oh. the Funkin' Wagnall porch. I think it was Johnny Carson. But last year we found well, out. That based on what happened last year. They didn't, they didn't keep track of that, did they? Uh, uh, I just in the side for this year's Academy Award, I'd see the same two presenters were there to try number two, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. Right, right. We're going to get right. it right this time. Well, they uh, re- redid the graphic design on the envelope so that it was unmistakable <laughs> what was going to be in the, <laughs> in the envelope. Plus, they replaced the guy from whoever did it before. So, those are our those are our favorites and least favorites. I wanted to say a special thank you to Gene Miller and Karen Kavner uh, for the interview that they did with us on their novel, uh, Unraveled, a novel. And uh, that <laughs> had one of our highest like spikes in listenership uh, on that episode and, and really brought a lot of new people to the podcast. And um, I was thinking we should try to do another interview in the next, you know, 10 or 15 episodes. I've, I've been thinking about that too because uh, it kind of it mixes up or, or spreads out the variety of what we do. I would love to be able to do a, a podcast interview with the uh, retired actor that I see on Friday. Um, and I've kind of broached that subject with him and he's reluctant to uh, to want to do that. So I, I, we'll, have to, we'll have to come up with, uh, I think, a different approach on who, who that might be well and, well and i have a friend who is a film director and has done a lot of shorts and a few feature films and he might i'm i know for sure he would oh, be Douglas. interested so yeah that yeah. that's an excellent one and we can come that, that's a great idea so we'll add that to the next uh 100 podcasts huh as a as a goal yeah, I, I enjoy i enjoy that and i think if we can intersperse a few of those uh in with the movie reviews it'd be fun well i agree i like that idea i hadn't thought about that for a couple of months since i talked to him about doing that well we've finished 100 podcasts and we're on to number 290 ni- yeah 100 podcasts 93 movies because some of those were doubles and we had the uh interview so that's a lot of movies it is, and it's an endless pool. I keep thinking of more and more, and and to, and and I want you to know for sure they're not all with Gregory Peck. Although I like the idea of doing a festival, it is. No, I think we should, and, I, and I'd love <laughs> to do. I'd love to. I'd love to do uh, some more silent films. Um, remember that one that I sent you that you watched about the, the. Uh, it, I think it was like death was going around and like. Oh yes, it was. Um, it was another Swedish film. Yeah, so I'd love to do another festival of silent movies. I'd love to do uh, a festival based off that list of the top 20 movies uh, that star people of color. Um, and 
more more movies with really strong female characters yes. would be great. And maybe we could, I'd love to find some uh, movies that were directed by women. Yeah, yeah we, we delved into that very briefly with Ida Lupino. And the sad thing about that at the time that she was directing, there was only one other woman director that had been given the responsibility to put the film together. I forget I the it's, other person's name. So that's part of the problem is trying to find those movies is is tough, but we could do it. We will. Um, thanks to the internet. Um, well, I'd also like to thank uh, the people that send us comments, good, bad, and otherwise. I was joking earlier; they don't all need to be positive. Almost all of them are. I think yeah, we've had one one are. negative review on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And we've had some really excellent uh, suggestions for films that we've done. Oh, absolutely, from, yeah. And uh, like, like Brief Encounter. It's super fun to get comments. It's super, super fun to get uh, recommendations from folks. And we try, we do keep a list, and we try to get to those. And uh, I know that we were thinking about doing a movie review for our 100th episode, but decided to do this kind of retrospective instead. But I think we'll hit on some of those bigger blockbuster films that had been recommended, uh, like Ben-Hur was one. The Ten uh, Commandments would be another. Ten Commandments, yeah. So we'll definitely get into some of those coming up soon. The Cleopatra movie, the the original with Claudette Colbert, is excellent from 1930. Oh, yeah. oh boy, I think it's 1939, 37, something like that. Oh, and I and there's one, uh, the the original Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde from the early 30s. Oh, with uh, uh, Frederick March. Is it Frederick March? I think it's, it's supposed to be really, really good. Like, and it was before the. Um, film code came in and i guess it's pretty gory and pretty racy in some parts too so that sounds interesting to me well as they say we've got plenty to choose from yeah absolutely so yeah more to come we're gonna keep chugging along um yeah and thank you everybody for listening it's it's great to have uh have you out there and we think about you as we're recording so until next time this is matt johnson coming to you from north bend and Bob Johnson in Los Angeles wishing everyone happy movie watching. figure out some outro music there (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe do the one from the last number 99 yeah from the gunfighter totally so i hate to monopolize about gregory peck but honestly i can think of keys to the kingdom i just watched guns and navarone he's to kill a mockingbird well you know the closest person today that i can think of that would be like gregory peck is tom hanks he's done so many different parts yeah, Tom Hanks, yeah. he's do- yeah. Tom Hanks is doing a new one. I just read it yesterday, a uh, World War II drama that he wrote called Greyhound, where he's a captain of a destroyer. Oh, cool. And then he's been named to do the lead in the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood movie. I mean, that guy, Nancy was saying, is he the only actor that they can find for these parts? And I'm thinking, well, he's probably the best. <laughs>
I tell you. I was going to say Harrison Ford kind of reminds me of somebody from the early, you know, yes. like 50s, yes. uh, 40s and 50s and kind of has that star power, but he's not a, he hasn't done as many different kinds of movies as Tom Hanks and is yeah, Tom Hanks is just top notch. 